Welcome to The Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alchemy of Business show. Whether you're listening on iTunes or some other audio format, maybe you're on video, maybe you're on YouTube. I'm not sure how you got here. However you did, thank you for being here. We have an amazing show with you today because we have an amazing guest. I'm so thrilled to have uh, met the woman I'm getting ready to introduce to you. I met her through another guest that I had, um, and uh, uh, Sally, I'm going to talk about later in the show, uh, referred uh, someone I'm getting ready to introduce to you. But I, I love having like-minded, powerful, strong women on my show, and then other like-minded, powerful women referring other great women to be on the show. Uh, obviously, I'm not a woman, but I do like talking to women about other perspectives in the world and what's happening in the world of leadership, business, family, community. And today we have a treat for you. We have Linda Fisk, and she is the CEO and founder of Lead Hership, H-E-R, Lead Hership Global. She's a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, a board advisor. Linda's resume and her bio is literally so long. She said, please, Steve, don't read it all. It's so long. But I'm like, gosh, there's so much there. You've done so much in your life. But she's a multi-award-winning leader, literally, in so many spaces. And with this um, lead hership that she does, she helps women throughout the world make global impacts in small or large ways. She's also a PhD. She has her master's in clinical psychology. And she's written exclusively on these subjects about leadership, but also we leadership from a woman's perspective and what we can do for helping women in the world to have more opportunity that can make better impacts in the world. Uh, so Linda is going to be sharing her insights with us today. I have a lot of great questions for her. And so I want to welcome Ms. Linda Fist to the show. Welcome, Linda. So much. It's just, it's such a pleasure to be here with you and to be on this incredible podcast I've been a fan of for so long. Alchemy of Business, I think, is one of the most informational, but also inspirational podcasts that are available. So thank you so much. What a pleasure and privilege it is to be here. Well, thank you, Linda. Well, thanks for that plug and that endorsement. We appreciate it. We like what we're doing on Alchemy, and we hope it's serving people, and we like to have fun. And we, we really like to have fun and create purpose and meaning for others by sharing these kinds of conversations. And it seems to me that's the story of what your life has been. Um, you have quite a very vast background of not only education and learning, but then practical use of how your knowledge in uh, these teachings that you've learned over the years, you've adapted them into business and then to causes. Because So can you tell us a little bit more about, um, just a little bit about your uh, mini version of your background and how you got here today? You don't want to give us a big, long resume, but I'm just curious a little bit about your journey about how you got even interested in becoming a PhD and a clinical psychologist, and then how that led uh, to what you're currently doing now. So just maybe give us a little bit of overview from your perspective. Sure. I would say early on, I really learned about the power of partnership. I really began to become intrigued with what creates not just healthy relationships, but healthy partnerships. And I began to really observe the transformative power of bringing like-minded leaders together and having them focus their time, their attention, their intent on solving really big problems. 
And what I observed over and over again is the power of community, the power of leaders coming together to solve problems, to advance their purpose, to expand their influence in really impactful ways. And the more that I began to observe and watch and see the kind of remarkable transformation, true transformation that can happen when leaders come together and they are fully focused on making positive impacts. They really want to change the world for good. I've seen it happen. And so I became really intrigued with what does it take to allow someone to truly accelerate their definition of success, whatever that is, what is it about community? What is it about partnerships with others that allow them to truly be able to accelerate their definition of success? And so that became my passion, my purpose. And uniquely, I focused on women because I feel like women have often social and cultural and political obstacles that are unique to that gender. And so what I wanted to do is really focus on lifting up women and connecting them and cheering them on and providing the access to resources and tools and connections and relationships that will give them that opportunity to advance their success that much more quickly. That's powerful. That Did you have somebody early in your days that was a, a mentor that sparked that for you, that someone helped give you a, a leg up, if you would, or someone that really made you believe more in yourself than you did at that time. And you went, wow, someone that just opened up to me in your early days of either going through school or college or whatever it might have been. Do you think of some a woman or a man who was that spark for you? Well, you know, I think to your point, Steve, everyone can reflect on their life and find one cheerleader, find one person that was in their corner to serve as a coach as a mentor, as a cheerleader that really lifted them up, that instilled the confidence in them that maybe they didn't have for themselves. And for me, that certainly started at early age with my father. He believed I was capable of anything. And in fact, if I didn't believe in myself, then that was my fault <laughs> because he believed that absolutely anything was possible. And he did not allow me even a moment of doubt about my own capability, about my own competence and my ability to create change in the world. And when I had self-doubt, when I struggled with confidence, he was always sort of my cheerleader and dispelled any myths that I started creating about who I am, what my purpose is, what my capability is. But I think everyone has at least one person in their life that they can reflect on, whether it's a parent or a teacher or a boss or a supervisor or a friend who believed in them, maybe more than they even believed in themselves, and they didn't let them give up. And I feel like that's the kind of culture and community that we built in Leadership Global is to give women an outlet to be transparent, to be vulnerable, to be real, to be honest, to really disclose the things that are challenging them, their roadblocks, their obstacles, or the areas where they want to grow and they want to advance and they want to learn. And then we connect them with those amazing women who serve as confidants, mentors, coaches, cheerleaders to lift them up, to raise them up, to extend their influence and to give them the unbiased subjective guidance that they need to take that next step in their own journey. That's powerful. Well, I definitely want to get into just in a few minutes here, the lead hership global. I want to see how that came about and how 
uh, it's grown uh, since its birth. So I want to come back to that in a minute. But when you said something about your dad, that really sparked me because I do know what an impact our, our family has on our early days. And some people really get the support and encouragement from their family, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and other people, unfortunately, have a mixed bag of that. And with you being a clinical psychologist, I'm sure you've dealt with the impact of how the family nucleus and our origin stories affect sometimes positively or negatively our growth in the world. So what would you say to a woman or a man listening in who didn't have uh, the benefit of uh, the encouragement of an encouraging positive parent um, who still has gone on, obviously, and, and, and furthered themselves in lives? But how do people... Um, how have you seen women or men that didn't have that luxury overcome that? Do you have any samples of people that really just had a horrible, horrible, abusive father or mother and they still found ways to overcome that? Or if people are still struggling with that now with, you know, parent trauma issues from the four, can we talk about that just for a minute? And then I do want to go into the leadership global and some more impact in just a minute. Absolutely. So, Steve, I think history is littered with stories of remarkably impactful leaders who started in very humble beginnings or started with some significant disadvantages. I think Oprah Winfrey is very open about some of her very early life struggles uh, with sexual abuse and with discrimination. And yet she is now worldwide considered one of the most powerful women on the planet. So I don't think that your early story has to dictate the story that you create for yourself. So my feeling is that you are the author of your life. You are the author of your story and you have the opportunity to create whatever kind of ending for that story that you decide that you want to uh, create in the world. And I think it starts by understanding your value. It, understand, it starts with understanding that every single person is created with a divine purpose, that there is a reason why you are on planet Earth. And once you understand your value and your purpose, then it's about cultivating the confidence to step boldly into that purpose. It's about cultivating that sense of self-belief and self-worth that it takes to step boldly into your purpose, your mission, your vision that only you can fulfill. Now, the neatest thing I think that I have found are, you know, there are so many women that I've had the, the true honor and pleasure of getting to know, not just at a superficial level, but in a deep, meaningful, committed kind of relationship where they really honestly still struggle with issues of confidence, despite the fact that on every single metric of success, anyone would deem them to be extraordinary. Anyone would say, wow, their personal life, their professional life, their financial life, their social life, their spiritual life. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. I aspire to be someone just like her. And yet those people struggle with confidence too. So the first thing that I think you need to recognize, especially as a woman, is that, listen, we all struggle with issues of feeling worthy and valuable and confident. But once you really understand who you are, the value that you bring and the purpose for your life on this planet, you have no choice but to step boldly into what that purpose is because the world needs you. The world needs the gifts and talents that you have to offer. 
that's powerful. Well, the Oprah Winfrey thing, I mean, she is a prime example, like you said. I mean, who who would have thought, except for her originally, that this was possible? And then people believing in, in her and then her tenacity of pulling in the universal powers that allowed that to be. And she had a very, yes, a very horrendous upbringing. I think of our co-friend uh, Sally Anderson uh, from uh, New Zealand who connected us. When I had Sally on our story, she had a very traumatic, some of the most traumatic things that could happen to any person or woman. Uh, and for her, and with her struggles overcoming that in her early days, she went through all the ways that weren't solving her issues. And then she found ways that were. And she's a prime example of someone who can overcome trauma and horrendous trauma into a way of growing and building. So uh, whether it's women or men, I thank you for, for saying that about that there is we are all worthy. We are all worthy of higher goodness than we are now. And I have found similar to your experience, when I started getting in circles of success myself, sometimes I also had this self-doubt of imposter syndrome. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to find out I'm not really this one, even though I have this title. And I think I started finding out that many people in success, whether it's CEOs, executives, millionaires, billionaires, we all as human beings have this self-doubt voice that plays a wheel in our head. And there's things that you can do to overcome that. And I think that's why therapy, affirmations, groups, collaboration, masterminds all help that to be lessened and not encouraged. So let's roll into that about lead her ship. Cause I know a lot of the stuff you do within that um, talks to many of these things and you actually have steps and actions and forums and ways to make that happen. So you can, can you tell us all about how lead her, H-E-R, lead her ship, uh, Globe. And I think uh, Noelle, our show engineer, has a slide on that so people uh, can see it. But it's for unstoppable women. So tell us about the inception and tell us where it is today. Well, I will say that, you know, you touched on something that, that I think is so important. And research has shown over and over and over again that women uniquely struggle with issues of imposter syndrome and confidence much more so than men. There is reams and reams of research that indicate that women are less likely to see themselves as worthy of advancement, of promotions. They predict they'll do worse on tests. They think that they are less than average. They are actually below average on tests, on uh, tests of skill or tests of intelligence. There are so many research studies that indicate that women, more so than men, have issues connected to confidence. So one of the core values of Leadership Global is to ensure that every single woman around the world feels valued, they feel cared for, they feel loved, they feel um, accepted, but more importantly, cheered on. And, you know, right now, despite making up more than 50% of the U.S. population and more than, almost get this, 60% of the civil labor force, Women are staggeringly absent from upper level positions in the American workforce. And there's a long history of women's role in American workforce between wars and social movements and political climates, but very little progress has been made in the way of gender equality in the workplace. So one of the most important benefits, I believe, of Leadership Global is not just a community of women in leadership who give you access to resources and tools and connections and relationships and diagnostics and assessments that help you advance your definition of success. But it also gives you a way of connecting to those opportunities, those areas of advancement that provide a more equal playing field. And, you know, I will tell you, there is 
social and cultural obstacles that we face as women that most men may not even be sensitive to. So for instance, both male and female managers are twice as likely to hire a man over a woman. Oh, wow. Women are 25 to almost 50% more likely to be hired through a blind application. So if the hiring manager doesn't know the, the gender, women are much more likely to be hired. And get this, 40% of people notice, they actually notice in their workplace a double standard against female candidates. At companies where about 90% of leadership or so are men, half of the men of the company view women as being incredibly well represented. Mm. So think about that. 90% of the leadership is men. Yet when you ask those men, they say, oh, no, we have a ton of women in leadership. No, we're, we're well represented by females. Men are 30% more likely to achieve managerial roles and only 38% of managerial roles right now are held by women. So it's clear to me that there's a lot of work to be done to advance women, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a business founder. There's a lot of work to be done there too, because I will tell you, women are a driving force in every economy around the world, especially the US economy. Women-led entrepreneurship can create just incredible, tremendous, positive social change. Um, in fact, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, women entrepreneurs, this is business owners, business founders, they run 42% of all American small businesses. That's nearly 13 million businesses. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And they employ more than 9.4 million people, and they generate more than 1.9 trillion dollars in revenue, but less than 3% of venture capital funds are given to women. Less than 3%. That's amazing. And if you're a woman of color, it's less than one half of 1%. Wow. Those statistics are just staggering. I did not know they were that high. Well, having 90% of leadership that are men saying that women are represented is still good is there's this gap. And to have these statistics, we're going to put some of these in the show notes as well about these business leaders and women. And it's like how Beyonce has that song that she does about women rule the world. Well, I think it, in the reality behind the scenes, that's true, true in a lot of ways in families and relationships with men. But in the workplace, that's clearly not dominant in a way that is coming out in an economic uh, equality or opportunity scenario. So why do you think with all this awareness that we've had over the years with women's movements, awareness, uh, you know, voting rights from decades ago that were instilled, uh, you know, uh, why is it still at a level that is these statistics that are way lower or way higher, depending on how you want to look, if they're good or bad in certain areas, then they really should be in 2022. What is causing that systemic kind of, uh, issues within uh, the women workforce. I know a lot of talk has been talked about that in, in uh, African-American culture with all that's happened in the last few years. And I believe, and I've watched a lot of documentaries and films and interviews about how this still, why people are still held down in black communities or in how this had generations of layers in politics and policies and the way fundings were, were set up for homes. I mean, it's, it's intense. 
But for women, I think sometimes, including myself, I'm like, oh, women are so much further. I mean, I have a daughter and a woman, that, a wife that are in business and they're like, I look at them as my equal or better all the time, but that's not always looked at in society. So why are we still at a level like that? What is it? Why do we still, why are we still where we're at? Yeah, I will, I will tell you, it is really staggering. I mean, you, you mentioned the BIPOC uh, community and Right now, black women own 1.5 million businesses in the U.S. that generate about $44 billion per year. But yet, again, black females only obtain less than 0.3% of venture capital investment dollars. 0.3%. And I think that that's due to unintentional as well as intentional discrimination. And that limits the access of women entrepreneurs to have funding. So it's clear that a greater push needs to be made to break down those barriers, whether it's intentional or unintentional discrimination. I believe that investors, lenders, and other financial firms need greater education on the potential of women, the potential of women to improve the business world. And I also think it's up to us as women to gain the skills necessary to help these financial firms understand our potential as women entrepreneurs. I mean, think about this. Only 12% of venture capitalists are women. Only 12%. And over two thirds of VC firms don't have any female partners. So much of the responsibility for boosting diversity in the startup world lies in bringing diversity into the investment firms. With more women being represented in VC firms than more women entrepreneurs, I think could be considered more favorably. And I would also say that networking, of course I'm gonna say this, but networking, it's so extremely useful in connecting entrepreneurs to investors. Women entrepreneurs often experience really limited and gender biased access to social and business networks. Now you may say, no, they can go to the same social events as men. How could that be true? Well, I will tell you that that comes through in the way that most VCs socialize late night after hours, events, happy hours, uh, evening get togethers. And for women that are single mothers, women who have families, women who are primary caregivers, they can't have the, those same sorts of late night get togethers. So we've got to allow women to have the same access to networking opportunities without the gender biases that are currently at play. Uh, you know, those kinds of business networks, those kinds of social networks create less access to knowledgeable mentors and capital expansion if you're a woman, because women are very subtly discouraged from going to those kinds of events. And I also think, and I've seen this over and over again, that women entrepreneurs' competency and market knowledge is actually routinely discarded. Mm. So that includes market opportunities that they specifically identify. So despite the fact that women represent over half the population and they make the majority of the purchase decisions in the household somehow, the competency and the market knowledge of women entrepreneurs is routinely disregarded. So those are some of the barriers to startup and to growth capital that I think women face that are unique to women. And so it creates new ongoing challenges, including constraints on funding for things like recruiting your staff or marketing or access to market expansion. Um, And those are some of the things that I think we have to tackle. 
Those are and those are many. Wow, the stats in that were just staggering. I'm glad that Noel's been taking some notes here, our our, sh our show engineer, and we'll have this recorded. We're going to put some of these stats into our show notes and make sure people understand that this is not just a feeling that Linda has. This is backed up by her experience, her reality, the statistics in America, and you know, many times things do follow the almighty buck. So as she's talking about allowing entrepreneurial women and or women partnerships with men in opportunities to go and make better products and services within the world is necessary. And us as men who might be in leadership roles, what we can do to make a positive difference in this, not only for the existing women in the world that are now, but also for our own daughters and our own family members that we all have. Linda and I were talking about this before the show. There is some type of discrimination throughout the world in so many segments, and it's just so unfair. And it's the reality of the world we've lived in since the beginning of man. Uh, whether it's your skin color, your sex, your handicap, whatever it might be, there is people that prey upon others and pe fill people that are less than, which is not what the all, ver all universal higher power of conscience is, whether you call that God or universe, has intended. All people are worthy and all people are equal and need to be even more uh, empowered than they are. But for women, they are a class of uh, inequality that affects every one of our families. We all have a mother. We all came from another. We may have a sister. We probably have an aunt. We probably, you know, so we all have, you know, a, a woman in our, uh, in our uh, families. And as you mentioned, if you're African-American, if you're Asian, if you're Indian, and you're also of color as a woman, those challenges can be even greater. So we need to come to a, a break here on the show, but Linda, we're gonna come back and carry on this conversation, but we're gonna dig into some things then. What can people do now? What can companies do? What can businesses do? What can women do? And start and meet them where they're at. If they're not at a point that they have the ability to even have a business idea now for uh, looking for business funding, let's say they're in an employee role somewhere and, they, and they're stuck in a job that they don't love and they're living paycheck to paycheck or let's say that they are in a high powered job in a company and they've hit a glass ceiling. So I wanna talk about what women can do and what society and men can do to help affect some of these changes when we come back from the show. I'm sure you will have answers for us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Steve. <laughs> All right, well, thank you everyone for listening in to the Alchemy of Business show. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Ms. Linda Fisk. Thank you everyone. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. We are always talking about helping people make wiser decisions, creating greater profits in their life or business and abundance in money or fulfillment or happiness, and finding higher purpose and higher meaning. And Miss Linda Fisk, who we have been talking about here on the show about this, uh, knows this inside and out. Uh, she uh, has been sharing with us as on the first segment about the power of empowering women and she's very much involved in her lead hership global but also does a lot of speaking and writing and before the show break we were talking about many of these statistics that are going to be in the show notes that people will be able to view or see about all the stats about women and the opportunities that exist or don't exist specifically when it comes down to funding and vc but also um, women that might be in corporate America or, or, or climbing ladders of being an employee, wanting to go into management, maybe they're already in management, maybe they're already at the executive board table. But I wanted to talk about in existing companies that are right now, I mean, there's some massive companies in the world that do a lot of hiring. You know, what you think about the Amazons and the Apples and the retail stores and uh, restaurants, there, there are a lot of um, hiring things that happen and people who make those decisions or at the board table make decisions about 
the mission of the company, budgets of the company, but also the culture of the company and what's accepted in leadership and specifically now focusing this down on women. And Linda, that that boardroom environment where corporate America sits and makes these big decisions that affect companies and women and families, um, what, what, what does that look like right now in, in, in America and what could it look like? You know, Steve, research has shown that diversity really matters. And because it brings a broad collection of experiences and perspectives and backgrounds and viewpoints that lead to better decision-making. So optimizing boardroom decisions can be made through gender diversity. And I believe that should be a critical goal for every single organization, especially in the kind of highly complex and risky world that we're all living in right now. Research from scholars have found that women actually need to hold, get this, at least three board seats to create critical mass on any board. And that's what leads to better financial performance, better decision-making, a broader and more balanced uh, viewpoint. And reaching critical mass can literally change boardroom dynamics substantially, creating an environment where innovative ideas can spring from gender diversity. So right now, women still hold less than 15% of senior positions among Fortune 500 companies 15. and less than 17% of Fortune 500 corporate board seats. And an even smaller percentage are chairs, only 5%. Only 5% of chairmen are women. And so when you think about the fact that only 15% of women hold any kind of senior position in a corporate structure, and only 17% 17 of Fortune 500 corporate board seats are held by women, you can see that there's still so much work to be done. In fact, last year in 2021, among the largest 3,000 U.S. publicly traded companies, only about one in five board members were women. Now, that's according to Equilar, which tracks corporate governance data. And it says that nearly one in 10 boards in America have no women. One in 10 boards. They don't have any women. In 2018, California became the very first state to mandate a level of gender diversity. And it passed a bill called SB 826 that mandated that any publicly traded company based in California, needed to have at least one female board director or face a $100,000 fine. Now, I oh, know wow. that- Did you say SB826 or SB826? SB826. I did not know about that. So keep yeah. going. I was like, wait a minute. I, haven't, I'm, I should know this. I live in California. How have I not? I'm, I feel really out in the dark right now, but it, it inform me, please. <laughs> well, I will say that diversity requirements are now being considered and enacted across many states in the U.S. and around the country. Globally, about 16% of women held board seats in 2019, and that's about a 2% increase from 2017, but still not as much representation from women that we would want across all of the corporate structures worldwide. So Spain enacted a law requiring companies to increase the share of female directors by 40%. Wow. Um, so we feel like that is a great sort of first step. And the most extreme promotion of gender diversity actually can be found in Norway, where since about January 2008 or so, 
all listed companies had to abide by a 40% gender quota for female directors or get this face disillusion. So they are really serious about gender equity in the boardroom. But I will tell you that, you know, this is such an opportunity. This isn't just about doing the right thing. This is about making a decision that actually strengthens corporate structures, companies, businesses all around the world. So um, anyway, I, I believe that we have a lot of work to do yet in corporate America, as well as for female founders, female business owners, female entrepreneurs. That, well, that's powerful. Well, I want to uh, discuss there on the the path of, you know, I, I was a, in sales training for many times in real estate because I, before I got into corporate America myself, I trained a lot of salespeople. And we always said, you need to help translate what's in it for them. W-I-F-M, what's in it for them. People are always thinking when you're selling them a house or a car or a computer or a service or a political movement, People are thinking, okay, I get it, but what's in it for me? At the end of the day, we as humans or companies want to know what's in it for me. So let's talk about, besides just it is the right thing to do, what are some of the things that um, may not be as obvious to people listening that are qualities that women have that we know are great as being mothers, wives, sisters, uh, cheerleaders, uh, leaders, but what do they bring differently that men maybe don't have as much of or qualities that men don't encompass easily that women bring to the table in leadership roles that the companies can benefit from and, and, and that maybe a man doesn't quite bring exactly in that mix. So let's talk about what's the benefit yeah. of having these women at the at the table and why should there be more? What, what will the companies receive from it? Exactly. And that's so important to understand the impact of having a gender diverse board, senior leadership team, corporate structure, or being able to ensure that women business owners and founders and entrepreneurs have access to capital. First, it's important to know that, you know, any kind of company, any kind of business structure need to understand the market that their company serves, their employees, their customers, as well as the complex issues that face their business. But when half the planet is female, Having women in positions of influence, whether that's in senior leadership roles or corporate boards, is an obvious benefit to businesses, both large and small, because they understand what's important to families, to them as purchase decision makers. And, you know, boards can also enhance their effectiveness by tapping a much broader talent pool for the directors. In fact, an S&P Global study in 2019 found that when companies with female leaders, they were actually much more profitable and posted better share price growth compared to market average. And that is looking at those companies that had female leadership, female board directors, female in senior C-suite positions as compared to those that did not. And it was clear that those with female leaders were more profitable and actually posted better share price growth. And I would also say that, you know, women appear to have significant impact on board governance too. We find evidence that the more diverse boards, they are more likely to hold CEOs accountable for poor stock price. Um, CEO turnover is more sensitive to stock return performance. And actually there is better overall financial performance 
with boards with gender balanced uh, board positions. So uh, the, the evidence is absolutely there that fiduciary responsibility, transparency, openness, and actually being observant of the culture are all things that women positively impact. Um, the financial acumen of women, the and transparency and openness in the boardroom, being respectful of management, being ready, doing their research, being thoughtful, insightful, not being disruptive. Um, all of those things are factors of sitting at a corporate board that board after board after board has identified women as being extremely strong, women being actually better than their male counterparts in those particular aspects of being on a board and offering governance for a board. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, I think back of my my own mother. My mother had five boys in six years. Uh, she was a nurse as well. She had her nursing degree. And I think, and my dad was a military man. So I could not probably have come more from a male dominated origination. Five boys, my dad, who was a very strong military, uh, strong handed. And we even had a male dog named Chief. So. I, when I started getting out of the house and got in, getting into the world and realizing the, the female side of things, if you would, whether it was in dating or in school or whatever, and as then I got into business, learning the power of the feminine or the power of a woman. And I also am a, a big spiritual seeker as well. And I call myself a spiritual business activist. And I study a lot in the Eastern philosophies and Eastern religions. And I have the, this yin and yang sign behind me, which is the male and female energy that exists in all things not just in women being women, but in men having feminine and male energy. And I started going, what do you mean I have feminine energy as I started studying this and realizing that women and men both encompass some form of female and male energy. But the female energy, I think about how many men or families have been shaped by the better because of the influence of the mother or the wife who has given a, another form of power and empowerment and softness and, and strength through that energy that doesn't exist on the male side. So when I started getting the companies uh, and in the sales side, many women in the space I was in, in real estate, at least 60 to 70% at the time were female salespeople in real estate who were just killing it. And I started realizing how they were different than how men were doing it. And it was a, a very more woman dominated industry that made lots and lots of money, that made lots of impact, that helped a lot of families. So, it's interesting for me to see as business leaders, if, if there are men um, at, at board seat tables or startup companies, one of the jobs, and I was a CEO for quite a time, is getting the right people on the bus, getting people on the right seats on the bus, as Jim Collins says, and having a mix of what's the power mix of that between men and women. So you bring up some very valid points, and I think it's just an awareness also of evolution of just our consciousness of not just that it's the fair thing to do, and it is, but it's also the most aligned, harmonious um, beautiful uh, energy that exists that is what was meant to be. Of uh, That's why this symbol to me is so strong. It, it's this, this union of collaboration that you talk about. Uh, it, it, it should not be a threat to us as men and it should not be a threat to us as companies. It is there to benefit and empower. And I know in your book here, um, Noel, if we can pop up the slide here um, on, on Linda's book, Ennobling Business for Success, Inspire, Ignite, Influence. I know you have this writing, a book I want to talk about. You also have other writings that you do. I know you have um, uh, significant women writings that you've done. You have your own, uh, you know, much work that you do. But can you tell us how people 
uh, can learn more about some, uh, we have more limited time in the show, but I just want to make sure we talk about your book and how people can really dig further into your work around these topics. Oh, that's so kind of you, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, I co-authored a book called Significant Women. Um, and Significant Women is really about the stories of triumph, transformation, overcoming. And it's stories of women all over the world who had experiences that were considered extraordinary setbacks, extraordinary challenges. And they overcame those challenges, those setbacks, those roadblocks, um, those disadvantages and triumphed over them to, to achieve as an extraordinary level of success. For me personally, I actually uh, had a very significant stutter when I was younger and I went through years and years of speech therapy and uh, counseling and all kinds of training um, to try to overcome my stuttering. And it was so significant, it was so severe that I found myself isolating, self-isolating, moving away from opportunities to create relationship with other people because it was so humiliating, it was so embarrassing, it was so um, absolutely soul-crushing to be in a conversation with someone and have them uh, discard me, dismiss me, uh, devalue me because I had trouble speaking. And it was such a pronounced stutter that, you know, oftentimes people simply didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to be patient as I expressed myself. And so it became much easier to simply be quiet. I won't go through the entire story of how I overcame that, but there are incredible stories like that throughout the book of significant women, where women are very open, very transparent about some of the most absolutely gut-wrenching experiences that you can have as a human being and as a woman and how they were able to transcend those experiences and rewrite the end of their life or the, the middle section of their life, whatever that life looks like. They were able to rewrite their story in a way that more accurately reflected who they were as, um, as they were designed. The hugely beautiful, gifted, talented, incredibly purpose-driven uh, person they were, they were meant to be. So they literally rewrote their life by overcoming the challenges that beset them. And it's just an incredibly uplifting book. The second book that you noted, Ennobling Business Success, is really about um, each author talks about what they do to create not just a level of financial success, but really to lift up the, um, the sustainable purpose-driven businesses that they're a part of, what they do to create impact and change around the world, and really what their higher level purpose is through the channel of business. So business may be the channel, but yet their impact transcends just business to impact families and communities and regions of the world and industries. And they talk very openly about their true mission that is being fueled through their business. That's powerful. Well, and the word there, I want to talk back. Uh, we pop that screen back up there, Noel, about ennobling. Um, can you... Um, let everyone know that was not a typo. That was intended by everybody that was in this book because it has a powerful 
message behind it. So it's ennobling business for success. So tell us what ennobling is. So ennobling is this idea that you are establishing a noble purpose for business. You are bestowing a noble purpose, a noble mission, a noble vision for the business that you're associated with. So it's about ensuring that your business is lifting people up, that it is um, following the practices of sustainable businesses. It's following the principles and practices of an ethical business. It is in a lot of ways, giving back to communities, to uh, regions of the world, to countries, to industries, to populations of people that deserve to be lifted up, that deserve to be uh, ennobled. I love that. I love that. Ennobled and bestowed. I love both of those words uh, that you use. Well, and so uh, hopefully you all will look at getting Linda's books here. We're going to put those in the show notes. Uh, we don't have a lot of time to go into the depth of this, the next questions I have on some of these things, but I do, I was thinking about for women that are not already at the potential boardroom uh, level, or they're not in a managerial position and they're looking to get started and they're kind of in an economic uh, challenge situation or a relationship challenge where they feel they're being held down. Sounds like this significant women book might be a good place to start about women that have taken and overcome obstacles and looking at the leadership network that you have to get some tools and techniques and support. But let's talk just briefly before we go into the spirituality topic I wanted to cover about if someone is listening in, they have a sister or a mother, or they're listening themselves that are in a, um, you know, kind of a, in their mind, a dead end job and they're stuck and they, and they can barely get paycheck to paycheck because they're stuck as a woman, but they have a whole next ennobled life they want to do. Where do you ask, where would you suggest they start? How do they change, start the first step tomorrow to make some change to start changing their life? You know, one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned is that if you look around you and you look at the people that are closest to you, they are a reflection of who you are. So the first thing I would say is take an assessment of the people that are part of your most intimate circle. Do they reflect the best and highest version of you? If your most intimate, closest circle does not inspire you, if they don't teach you, if they don't hold you accountable, if they're not pushing you to move from where you are now to where you want to be, then I would say learn uh, from others about the best ways to build success in whatever way you define that. And think about the influence of your most intimate inner circle. And if the people that are a part of your intimate inner circle are not lifting you up, are not supporting you, are not cheering you on, then change them. Change your inner circle and choose to be around people where you can learn from them, where you can build successful businesses. You can build vibrant ecosystems. You can be inspired. You can learn. You can grow. I would say all leaders need someone to look up to and they need to get guidance when it comes to um, any aspect of leadership, whether that's creating a new business, stepping into your purpose, learning about public speaking for women, that often means talking to other female founders or female leaders um, who have overcome the same kind of particular obstacle that you may be facing. So helping to carve out time from your schedule to connect with women 
that really inspire you, that have faced the same obstacles you face and overcome them and are living the life that you aspire to, those are the women that should be a part of your inner circle. And second, I would say change the dialogue, not only about what you think of yourself, but also what you see in your future. Make sure that you are changing your inner dialogue and also the words you say to express hope, possibility, opportunity at every dialogue. So it's not as though, wow, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'm never going to get out of this. It's like, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I now know the value of a dollar. And wow, that's going to come in really handy when I'm making six figures. Yeah. So powerful. it's really changing the dialogue about who you are and what your future holds and making sure that you start with being fearless, being resilient and fully exploring all the potential options to be seen, to be heard and to redesign how you see yourself and how you see the potential in your future. That's so powerful. Changing the dialogue about yourself and what you see in the future. Uh, and uh, that's for all of us, men, women, small, large, young, old, that power of, of that and understanding you do get to control your own life. Maybe not what happened yesterday and maybe not what happened this morning, but this moment, this afternoon and tomorrow morning, you do. So uh, uh, thank you for sharing that. And we, we don't have a lot of time left. We just have a couple, about two minutes left in the show. But I feel like this question you've already been answering all along the way in, in what you've been talking about, because my question about uh, I always like to wrap up with the guests about spirituality. Part of the alchemy of business is about uh, making wiser decisions and having higher profits. And profits not are just about abundance. I mean, about money. It's about abundance, profit in all areas of your life. And then also um, having higher purpose and higher meaning. And for many people, that comes in the form also of spirituality and or religion spirituality. And I'm curious for you on this mission that you're on about all these wonderful, powerful things that you're talking about. To me, that is a form of spirituality just in that essence. But I'm curious from your perspective, what is your own definition of spirituality and how do you incorporate that into, um, into your life um, beyond what we've already been talking about? Yeah, I would say that for me, I am definitely a full-on um, Christ follower. I believe in the power of the divine. I am absolutely plugged into the power of um, what I believe is, is my spiritual connection, which is God and Jesus. And I would say that I don't do anything outside the power of the Lord. I, I literally, I can't do anything on my own, but when I know that I am in his will and he is working with me and through me, then I'm unstoppable. There's nothing I can't do because God is unstoppable. He was the creator of the universe. He was the creator of all things living. And so based on that, there's nothing, there is nothing that I can dream of that I can create in my mind that I'm not capable of through his power, through his um, incredible sense of strength, forgiveness, kindness, um, resiliency, through the supernatural peace that he gives me every single day, whether I have a phenomenal day or a really challenging day, God gives me the kind of peace to know that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing the work that he has identified for me and that is I am stepping into my purpose. So with that, I know that whether I'm having a phenomenal day, week, month, or I'm having a really challenging day, week, month, 
I know I'm on the right path. I know I am loved. I know I am valued and I know I am worthy. Well, we will end on that note. I can't think of anything more powerful than that last drop the mic right there. That is some powerful stuff. I love that. Uh, the creator of the universe and your co-creator. And I love that too. I talk about that all the time that uh, my most important relationship in the universe, as much as I love my wife, who I've been married to for 32 years, and my kids and my grandkids, my most important relationship is with my higher power and that how I have to co-create in that. And that's a deep relationship that takes work, 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 and connection, just like any other relationship does. But in that relationship, which is the most important of all, that then breeds into all other relationships and all experiences. So uh, I'm, I'm so glad that the creator of the universe also created... Uh, Miss Linda Fisk here, who uh, has empowered us today with her great messages. And clearly, there was no doubt you'd get over your stuttering because you left that way behind with your ability here to articulate these missions and these great works. So I want to thank you for being on the Alchemy of Business show. I want to thank you for sharing uh, your great wisdom and your great heart and your great soul with our uh, listeners today. Any, any last word before we sign off? Just thank you, Steve. I am so grateful for you. I am so appreciative of our relationship and I'm so honored to be on this show that is literally making such a big impact. The lives that you are changing and that you are inspiring, you won't know this side of heaven, the kind of ripple effect that you're creating, but it is enormous. And I'm just so honored to even be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you everyone for listening in to the Alchemy Business. We will make sure you have uh, Linda's contact info in the show notes for her books, her social media swipes. I think, Noel, you have a, a social media swipe here that we can wrap with. So uh, we'll make sure that's in the visuals here. There's Linda's website, leadhershipglobal.com. And again, lead her with, with H-E-R of the feminine. And then you'll see her Instagram. We'll make sure that these are all in the show notes, uh, her LinkedIn. Um, and she is a pleasure to connect with. So I highly recommend all of you to reach out male or female, both have a place at her table and her board table. So uh, thank you everyone for listening in and we'll see you next time. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed and see you soon.